So I was going to ask you your opinion. I have three possible titles for this episode. So either Rancid Against, Roiksop Against, or, and this is what I'm leaning towards, Roiksid. Roiksid. Yes. <laughs> against Roiksid. Ooh. Elbows against Roiksid. Elbow. <laughs> Just do them all. Swan no, elbows that. against Roiksid. <laughs> yeah. There we go. No, There's like the Roiksid. title. Yeah, no, I like that. Okay. My vote's the last one. Slash Swan's elbows above. against Roiksid. <laughs> all the above. Okay. All right, so we can get started. Welcome to Shuffle, episode six. I'm your host, Jared. With me is everyone's favorite special guest. Yeah. Demanthe. Yeah. For episode six, baby, number of the beast. Six, six, six. <laughs> uh, we are, for the first time, recording in a new location. It's the highly regarded cast department computer lab on the Penn State campus. That's right. We're on location. Saturday <laughs> night, baby. We're going to be Come interviewing students <laughs> and drunk kids. That's right. I'd like to take this a moment to remind you to please listen to the five songs that we will be discussing in this episode. Links to playlists containing those songs can be found in the description for this episode. We have successfully gone six episodes without an ICP incident. That's right. And for the Insane Clown Posse News Corner, a fan and close friend of mine, Amanda Atkins Johnson, gave me a piece of ICP news. A self-professed fan, Yes. to be clear. Yes, she is a self-professed wow. fan, hardcore juggalette. Nice. Good for you. To, to Good the for bone. You. You're the first I've ever met. I've never even met you, but I respect you. Sorry, Amanda. Um, <laughs> What's her ICP name? Her clown name? They give uh, them clown names? Yeah, it's probably... Southwest Skillet Dope Fry. Nice. That's hardcore. Yeah. Watch she out. A, she has it tattooed on her back. <laughs> and she informed me that Insane Clown Posse will be playing at First Avenue on November 5th. It was actually last night they played. Wow. And, and she was there? No, she wasn't. Because she is not an ICP fan. Disclaimer. Come on. Sorry. So, and I, I looked into it, and are you familiar with the new metal rap rock group POD? Yeah, I, just vaguely familiar. They opened up for them. Wow. Which is weird for me because they're like a, a Christian rock band. But alleged, I've heard this theory that ICP is in fact, yeah, like fundamentalist Christian. Yep, that's professing God's word through insane clown posse. Yes, through insanity and clown posse-ness. That's right. Wow, that's a yeah. <laughs> I so yeah. I guess if any of you went and saw that, let us know how it was. We're very sorry we couldn't be there. I'm sorry for the Fago fans out there. There's probably a Fago shortage. Yeah, because they probably bought all the Fago out in the area yeah. and dumped it over everything except the insides of their mouths. <laughs> so have you been uh, listening to anything this week? Uh, well, besides the stock answers, which everyone knows. You know, uh, I have been revisiting one of my favorite bands, Caliphone. 
I know nothing about Caliphone other than your Twitter account is pretty much dedicated to <laughs> tweeting at them. Because they respond, every, except the last time they haven't, so if they're listening, your biggest what fan. What up with that? So Caliphone is a Chicago-based experimental folk Americana band. And their album that I recommend highly is called Huron King Blues. Huron like the bird? Yep, exactly. And the cover art is like this sort of weird mythic bird figure rising, kind of foreboding. And it's a, just based on a recurring dream of the lead singer and lyricist. The Tim whole album? The whole album. So it's like a concept album. Yep, it's concept album. Some, I've heard one person Somewhere I've read it. They describe them as like this sort of like radio head of like folk Americana music Which probably is a terrible way to describe them. You're like the radio head of them. <laughs> the Led Zeppelin of them. <laughs> but they have very strange tonal and uh, shifts throughout But somehow despite all the sort of tonal pacing shifts one thing I've always liked about Calphone is and you hear it on this album It still feels like a very unified song and sound. The shifts don't sound like different episodes. It's a very unified, kind of weird stream of consciousness, strange, experimental Americana folk bluesy sound that is fantastic. I can't recommend it enough, especially the titular track, which is a 15-minute swampy, bluesy, dissonant, strange swampy jam. Song. Cajun bio yeah, feel. It's got a weird kind of strange like The other thing again, I could go on about them all the time is they mix organic kind of percussion and acoustic sounds with the inorganic synthetic electronic noise and they That song perfectly encapsulates it and it gets a really weird kind of Cajun bluesy Swampy vibe and then it sort of breaks down and falls apart and then comes back. So how, how did you get into them? I embarrassingly have to credit it to Pitchfork, I think. I think I, when I was very young, Pitchfork reviewed one of their albums, and I was like, wow, that's a very high rating. And I listened to it. What was it, like a three? <laughs> I think it was a 5.4, <laughs> oh, okay. which is the one I go for, yeah. or 6.66, which yeah. always catches my eye. It was like a nine or something, and I was like, wow. I mean, this was me, it was like 10 or 11, I think. Oh, so you've been in them for a while. Long time, yeah. They were one of the first, like, non-Top 40 bands I ever listened to. And it was, like, the first time I listened to Pitch... Probably I was 13. Probably, like, 2003, an album came out and I started listening to them. So, Pitchfork, they're not all bad, I guess. Yeah. What I about guess. you? You been listening to anything? Yeah, I... I've been listening to the new Grimes album that just came out yesterday. I've heard one song out. Off the new album? I think California. Was, yes. Oh, yep. really? Yep. That's a, like, that's not one of the singles. It was on a Sirius XM. Oh, okay. So I caught it while I was driving. That is probably my least favorite song on the album. Now I'll listen to the album. Yeah, no, <laughs> no I was not that. a fan of that song. Okay. I've actually been really digging the first single off this album called Flesh Without Blood. I'll have to check it. It's, if you're a Grimes fan, a, a lot of like old Grimes fans don't really like it because her earlier music was very experimental, lo-fi, going out of its way to be weird. Yeah. And she has since stepped up her game. Like before she used to record all of her songs in GarageBand 
everything. Wow. And for this new album, she took four years and learned to play a bunch of different instruments. I, I'm, I don't know if this is true or not, but I believe she played most of the instrumentation on the album. And you know, there's guitars, harps, piano, bass, drum, like it's very grandiose. And this new song, Flesh Without Blood, it's very poppy and dancing and accessible, but I, I dig it. It gets yeah. stuck in my head so much. Out. That California song, I was shocked that that was Grimes. You could have told me it was like a, I don't even, it almost sounded like a, like a K-pop. Oh yeah, well, that's, <laughs> I played it for my, for my girlfriend, and the two things she said is it sounds like a J-pop song, yeah, and then another jam. song on the album, she said, well, this kind of sounds like Britney Spears album. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I think it's worth checking out just because it's nice to see her in kind of a different setting. Yeah. But eclipsing Grimes' new album, that guy I talked about before, One O Tricks Point Never, yeah, dropped a new song this week, and it is so fucking good. What's the name? The song is called Sticky Drama, uh, and I have to say. It is kind of a departure for Wono Tricks in that the entire song is kind of a consistent idea. It's not little bits mushed together. There is kind of one through line throughout the song and it is just so badass. It starts off with this kind of harpsichordy piano pizzicato instrumentation and then this kind of dub beat comes in hmm. and then interspersed with it is just like this staticky death metal almost sounding scream which I'm not sure if it's nice. a scream or if it's just a synth sound <laughs> and then it kind of goes like it plays tennis with itself going back and forth between these two noises and it slowly like becomes one sound as the song goes on nice. it's very intense I mean it is it's a bit harsh on the ears at times but it's totally up my alley say I, the name of the artist one more time one o tricks point never. Oh, no, it's tricks like one o tricks point never. Point never. I it, this song it's, it's a mind it's bender. Totally up my alley. I highly recommend it, it if you're into like abrasive, but it's also <laughs> very catchy and at the same time there's a like a sweet beat to it. I love kind of the harpsichordy noises. I'm kind of a sucker for harpsichord. I ah. I, I like. Now you Found know my weakness. You know my weakness. I got a harp scored over here, Jared. Oh Come man, here. it's like a roofie for me. <laughs> yeah. Now we're gonna have to Is trigger warning for first that. Wife? Trigger warning. <laughs> we talk about roofies in this episode. I apologize. <laughs> I, I should edit it to make that come before I say that. And we should probably have a stock ICP potential trigger warning because right? it's always a chance. Just a, like a pre-recorded, always put it in because that is a trigger band. Yeah, that's trigger band. Okay, let's uh, let's move on to our first song, which is "Starlings" by Elbow. Mm -hmm. uh, this is off Elbow's 2008 album, "The Seldom Seen Kid." Elbow is an English alt rock band from. Ramsbottom, Bury, England. Ramsbottom. Ramsbottom. Trigger warning. Yes. Or not. Or not, or if not. you're into butt stuff. Um, <laughs> I love that, Ramsbottom. <laughs> Ramsbottom. How did that name? Where did that... <laughs> what is yeah, the etymology of Ram's I mean, did bottom? it actually come from, like, the animal, a ram? Maybe they got, like, hides of a ram. 
And they're, they're infamous for their ram ass exports. Yeah. yeah. World yeah. renowned. That's Best ram's asses in the country. It's a big market. Maybe they're just importers. Maybe it's just a collective collection of people who just buy all the ram's bottoms. They hoard the them. Yeah. They hoard the ram's bottoms. That must be it. It has to be it. You know, I could have Googled <laughs> it, but I like this better. <laughs> I learned that this band, before they were called Elbow, where they were called Mr. Soft. But they changed their name based off of a BBC show called The Singing Detective, in which one of the characters in the show describes why elbow is the loveliest word in the English language. And he says, quote, What's the loveliest word in the, in the English language, officer? In the sound it makes in your mouth in the shape it makes on the page. Hmm? What'd you think? Well, now I'll tell you. E-L-B-O-W. Elbow. <laughs> I, they must have liked the line. I, I don't know why oh. they went with it, but they did. It seems debatable. <laughs> Elbow. Yeah, I don't know if I'd say it's the, the prettiest word in the English language. Elbow. I mean, personally, I think that the prettiest word in the English language is the entire Nickelback discography. <laughs> just as one unit. No spaces, <laughs> just one word. Few people have done it, but if you say it all at once, it is... All your dreams come true. It's a religious experience. 666. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the title of the album is taken from a Damon Rimyon novel, which is a character named the Seldom Seen Kid. It sounds kind of Western to me. I don't know, and I, I also had to look this up. I didn't know this, but a starling is a small to medium sized bird. Is that right? Yes. So, what did you think of Starlings? This is a song for all of you who know me well. So it's confirmed, this is a song. This is a song that maybe one would guess I wouldn't like. However, I thought this was a fantastic song. I was very impressed. Now, why would someone think you wouldn't like this? I think because it, it's a little, it's a little poppy. It's a little upbeat and it's kind of seemingly about love, which are not my thing, not my cup of tea. You're too brooding for that. <laughs> if you can't tell, but no, I mean, I don't think... Six, six, six. <laughs> Nickelback. <laughs> Bracing. <laughs> uh, but I don't know. It just doesn't seem like a song. Maybe I'm really just speaking about myself. It didn't seem like a song at first I would like. Because it was just some kind of upbeat and soft and simple. But I was very impressed with this song. I was actually very impressed with this song. I especially liked... One thing I was very impressed with is how unbelievably clear the vocals are. He unabashedly made the lyrics audible. Yes. Which is very rare. I gotta say, it's very rare that you could hear the lyrics so well. And especially for English rock. Yeah. No offense to English exactly. rock. Exactly. Yeah. He has an accent too. And, and the lyrics, I thought, played a very smart Kind of relationship with the music. I found the lyrics to be just so, I don't mean this in a bad way, just like they're poetic. Like they're yeah. so clever. Yeah. Getting across this idea of 
forbidden love or yep. love that shouldn't be. And like you, I agree with you. Lyrics like that tend to be off-putting to me, but he did it in such like a witty and clever way yeah. where it's like, I could only help but tip my fedora towards Yeah, him. really. On paper, I, I don't know if many people could pull the song off. <laughs> the fedora. Yeah, so. the, the tip of the <laughs> fedora. Dude, and I love the kind of, that, just the kind of intermittent kind of just wall of sound that would pop up, like the explosion. Yeah, which I, I thought that was, I thought that was really great. And in the vocals, and the lyrics seemed like it was this kind of like British respectability, like yeah. dainty. And then it would just kind of have this sort of explosive. And in the end, unlike Coconut Records, that song last week, that was like, you are my girl and I love you and, <laughs> and love you is love. Yeah. This ended by him saying, right? You know, is this love? Darling, is and this it was love? this sort of ambient, weird kind of, I thought that was great. I really thought it was that the music and the lyrics both played a different part that together contributed to something unique, which and, is rare. And I, what I really liked about that last line too is like the music kind of builds in crescendos yeah. and it gets quiet just so you can hear him saying, darling, is this love? Yeah. And it explodes again. Yeah, exactly. And I don't know how to describe why this is, but this sounds like an intro track to an album. Yeah. And it yeah. is the intro track to this album. It is the first. I don't know if it's something about like kind of like the... I don't even know how to describe it, the sparkliness of the, it's just, it sounds like welcome to this album. Yeah, it's inviting. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. And I, I think the song is about an older man confessing his infatuation to a younger woman. Mm -hmm. And I just, like I said, those lyrics were so clever. Like I, I love that line. So yes, I guess I'm asking you to back a horse that's good for glue and nothing else. But find a man truer than a man that needs you more than I. I wow. Yeah. I just, yeah. It's I love very that. smart. It's very smart. And you can actually hear them. I really, I, yeah, I <laughs> just can't. Just so surprised. It impressed me tremendously. Like, he genuine intention put into the lyrics. Fantastic. Yeah, well, yeah. very smart. Very the other smart. lyric I really liked was You are the only thing in any room you're ever in. Yeah. I was yeah. like, Fuck, that's such, like, yeah, like, you're the only thing I can see in this room. Yeah. yeah, there's something about, and you can, unlike some English singers, you can hear his English accent in his yeah. singing. Yeah. And it just adds to the sophistication of how this sounds. Yeah, it sounds kind of dainty at first, almost. Like, kind of like some of the earlier Kinks kind of music, yeah. where it's kind of, you know, respectable. But yeah, it's, it's brilliant. And... And it's not, again, not to hate on Coconut Records, because I don't hate them, but the song, it's not like predetermined that love is just mushy and sentimental and great, and it's just a celebration of that. But it's a sort of like inquiry into yeah. it. And you, An exploration. Yeah, 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 it's brilliant. I actually, our, our mutual friend Ben is a huge fan of this band, I found is out. Is that right? Yes. Oh, I probably cool. should have had him on instead of you. Yeah, I did. I had never even heard of Elbow. I'm a huge fan of Elbows in general. They serve a great function. There, I never heard of them. Accidentally happened upon them. There was a period of time in my college years where I was trying to force myself to have better taste in music, and I was like going on music forums and seeing people's end of the year 
album lists. Or did you just Google, how can I how be cool? <laughs> Help me, Pitchfork, you're my only hope. That's me, I can't even I, I went on this music forum, <laughs> and this was like a year that, I'm trying to think what else came out. Um, Fuck Buttons, Street Horsing album. Fucked Ups, Chemistry of Common Life. Two fuck bands. Wow. And th this, this album... So it was 2008, Seldom Seen Kid by Elbow kept popping up on everyone's yeah. list. And I listened to the main single from this album, which is called Grounds for Divorce. Incredible song. Mm. Amazing song. I would say it's 10 times better than this song. Nice. You'll, you have to listen to it sometime. Definitely. And that, that got me hooked there. I feel like they should be more widely known than they are. Yeah, I'm really surprised. Because they're very Never highly regarded in... I would say like music snob communities, but yeah. beyond that, they don't have much commercial success. Mm. Maybe they're bigger in England, I, I don't know. Ramsbottom, something's gotta be going on over there. With elbows, no doubt, I'm sure. I'm sure there's something. Is Ramsbottom <laughs> like fisting, but with elbows instead of fists? <laughs> we cracked it, we cracked it. Oh, I hope we didn't crack it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, on that note, let's move on to the next song. Hail Satan. Hail Satan, 666, Nickelback, Ram's Bottom. Uh, <laughs> next song. Iron Maiden's Number of the Beast, isn't it? 666. Six, no? six. <laughs> is that the, the next song? Number of the Beast, 666. Six, six. <laughs> it's the least satanic song about uh, Iron Maiden's. <laughs> All of their lyrical content in album visuals all lead you to be nothing but disappointed <laughs> when you hear what they sound like. It's weird. It's very strange. You, like, I, it's like your dorky uncle getting into like satanic. Yes, they're they're what? just they're just like huge like literary nerds. Like yeah. they write albums about like the last flight of the Icarus and <laughs> Gulliver's Travels and they. I guess I'm also ruined by modern metal music, so I'm ex like I've heard things that I don't think anything could possibly be more intense and noisy. And then you see like their zombie. I think his name's Eddie, yes. the guy that's on their all their album covers. And I'm just always expecting for it to just like kick my ass. And it's just <laughs> six, nope. six, 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 <laughs> of the beast. It's just so spinal tap. It's, it's painful. <laughs> yeah, but it's that sweet irony is yeah. missing from it. <laughs> All right, so the next track is This Must Be It by Roiksop. I, I hope I'm saying that right. Roiksop. <laughs> this is off their 2009 album, Junior. Roiksop. Roiksop. Is from, they're, in a, they're an electric music duo from Tromso, Norway. They dabble in electronic, trip-hop, ambient, down-tempo, chill-out house, synth-pop, Euro-dance, all that bullshit. So much European dance. Yes. Oof. Sweaty, sweaty European bodies. <laughs> Just rubbing up against each Oof. other. Roiksop. Just rams bottom each other. <laughs> He's getting Roiksop with Just the rams bottom. giving the Roiksop. I, I looked up, I was curious what Roiksop meant, and they, the, the band member said, it's hard to translate into English, but it kind of means puffball, which are, um, have you ever seen those little mushrooms where like, they're these little brown sacks and you squeeze them and like smoke comes out of it kind of? No. 
they grow in the forest sometimes. They're like they're these little fungi that okay. if you step on it, they puff out smoke, and it's all the spores from the mushroom. Do you have to eat the mushrooms before you to, see the smoke? To understand, yes, yes. <laughs> anyway, that they're they're named after that cute little uh, fungus thing, uh. puffballs. Uh, this song features the vocal talents of Karen. I'm gonna mess up her last name, Dreiser. Anderson, Karen Dreiser Anderson, who, if you're not familiar, is the vocalist from The Knife or Fever Ray, if you're familiar with either of those two projects. The Knife. Uh. The Knife are a very popular electronic duo from Sweden. Yeah. Fever Ray was a huge album for, from, when did it come out? I want to say 2010. It was a solo album of hers, very kind of dark electronic music. Mm. I recognized her voice instantly because she put out, I shouldn't say she, The Knife collaborated with this opera singer to put out a concept album that was based off of Charles Darwin's book, The Origin of Species or whatever. Yeah. It's an overall, amazing the album, collage Overall, of the, the album was pretty horrible, but they put out one song called The Coloring of Pigeons, which was incredible. Did it have like lyrics from Charles Darwin's diary or something? <sighs> no, <laughs> I don't think so. I really don't know, I, I don't know that much about it. It just is vaguely about evolution, I think. <laughs> but it's a great song, and yeah, she has a very yeah. unique voice, so it, it stuck out to me. And I gotta say, when I first heard this track, wasn't a huge fan of it. Yeah. I kind of, I guess I'm kind of an electronic music snob and this just sounded like just electronica, like just generic. But the more I listened to it for this album, it really started to grow on me. Yeah. Especially after I looked up the lyrics. But what did you think of it? I think maybe similar first impression. Maybe I didn't give it as much of a chance. Like, there, as maybe you've kind of hinted at, there's a, Tons of different ways you can go about electronic music. And this electronic sound it was kind of nothing but soft sounds. Generic. You know what I mean? Soft, yeah. happy sounds, nothing sharp, nothing. And in the lyrics, I looked up and I just thought this sound completely does a disservice to lyrics. Because they're great lyrics. Because yeah, they're actually pretty like compelling lyrics. But it just sounds like a standard dance song that literally it had been like 1970 disco. <laughs> yeah. Well, and the the music doesn't change at all. It's yeah. just like this constant driving throughout the whole thing. It's to dance. I mean, really, it just it really like is. this is to dance. Which is a damn shame because no one probably hears the lyrics. <laughs> yeah. So do you have any guesses to what the song is about? Because I'm not quite sure. I have a couple theories. I saw the music video and then I... Okay, I want to talk. And I, <laughs> my impression was that the music video... Something like a nudist colony, or I'm not really sure. Okay. White people get naked. So for anybody who's listening that hasn't seen the music video, I'll give you a brief description. Trigger warning. So, the video features an odd tribe of what appears to be Scandinavian hunter-gatherers in red loincloths, but they obviously live in modern times because they have these old RVs and like modern technology and they're kind of 
cooking meat and gathering berries and there's this part where this lady's like rubbing raw meat all over one of the RVs and the whole why not <laughs> well, of course why not <laughs> and the whole time that they're showing these clips of this tribe is being juxtaposed with this man driving down the road in this vehicle that is a drum set it's <laughs> It's like a little tank with a drum set, and he's just going crazy and drumming on it and flying down the road. Like Mad Max style. <laughs> and then he shows up in the village, and everybody runs and hides because they're afraid. And then they come up to him and offer him gifts, and he kind of smacks it away like he wants nothing to do with it. And from the shadows, one of the members of the tribe has a bow and arrow and shoots it at the, the drummer man. But the arrow ends up being a drumstick, which the guy catches and begins drumming with. And then all of a sudden, the entire tribe plus the drumming man are sitting in a field in a circle just drumming away <laughs> while some young half-naked girl is just dancing covered in glitter in the middle of them. And then all of a sudden it's nighttime and the drummer man had built his drummer vehicle back up and drives away. And that's the end of the music video. This must be it. So, So, now that you've read the lyrics and seen the music video, do you have a theory as to what it means? No? No, no coherent narratives coming off the top of my head. I don't think the music video has anything to do with the lyrics. Okay. <laughs> so I, I tried to look up, and some people talked about what they thought it was about. One person thought that it was about losing one's virginity. Someone else said it was about falling out with your religion or faith. Hmm. And the most popular one, and upon reading the lyrics, it kind of clicked with me. It was about someone being in a nightclub and taking some sort of drug and then nervously waiting for them to kick in. Uh, uh. I'm trying to, like a lot of the lyrics are about dancing and waiting and false expectation and stuff like that. I don't know. Like It, it made sense to me. I, I kind of like the first one. What was the first one? Losing your virginity? Yeah. <laughs> I think there's and, like, some the metaphor. Fear associated there's with some that. metaphor there with rubbing meat on a car. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, for more subtle minds <laughs> to figure out, but... That's my theory. And old people in loincloths. <laughs> and he catches the arrow, you see? He huh? bids arrow. And then the drums and the, goes the, in the, the tribal drum beats of sex. There you go. And now it makes sense. It's all coming clear. <laughs> That's why the song is so soft. Put you at ease. You <laughs> Ease you into it. Ease you into the meat getting rubbed on the... Easy yeah. into that ramp bottom. <laughs> <laughs> easy into the ramp. Easy with the elbow, man. It comes Just the elbow it in there. There we go. All right. Any other thoughts about uh, this is it? This is, I mean, not to be. This must be it. Sorry. This is this the kind of song that would not get someone who wasn't. If you're not into electronic music, don't listen to this song thinking you're going to get into electronic. Yeah, it's probably, and there's a lot of Royksop songs I do like a lot. Yeah, I've heard some of them. This is particularly off their first album, Melody AM. I really dig that album. It kind of had more of like a retro vibe to it. 
it's probably not a good way to describe it. It felt like you were listening to like if electro music existed in the seventies. Yeah, that's how it sounded to yeah. me. Yeah. Um. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the next song, "Other Side" by Rancid. This is off their 2003 album, Indestructible. Rancid is a punk band from Albany, California, that they are most famously known for being born out of the ska punk band Operation Ivy. Mm-hmm. Rancid, as well as Green Day, were famous for bringing punk music back into the mainstream's eye during the 90s. And yeah, they've been around forever. They're kind of a staple. I know they're kind of a controversial figure in the punk world. Some people really like them. Some people think they're kind of like the reason why pop punk's a thing and hate them for it. Sellouts of it. Yeah, yeah and they, they kind of had a backlash with at a point in time because they moved to Warner Brothers Records. Because for years, they were famous for being a very successful band that stayed on independent labels. Mm-hmm. And I think it, it might have been for this album they worked out a deal where they were still on WB's record label, but there was nothing stating it was printed on the record <laughs> at all. Just like, oh, you fucking snakes. Maybe that's a little punk, you know what I mean? I guess, because they're rebelling against the norms of punk culture. I, mean, I can't blame them. I mean, if someone offered me a bunch of money, it'd be <laughs> hard to be like, no, exactly. I gotta stick to my punk rock roots, <laughs> man. Yeah, so... so- I have a question for you because maybe you would know. Operation Ivy. I know like three of their songs. What was Operation Ivy considered to be more authentic in any way? Like the kind of ska punk? Or is Operation Ivy and Rancid more or less discussed in the same sort of thing? You either love them both or you hate them both. No, I think definitely Operation Ivy is highly regarded. Okay. Maybe even a little too much. Hmm. They only ever put out one album. There were a bunch of kids in the early 90s and they kind of helped pave the way for this punk ska sound. Yeah. And then they became Rancid and for a while Rancid stuck with their ska roots but they introduced more of like the hardcore punk aesthetic into it. Right. And then they kind of slowly shaved off the ska sound and just kind of lost it all together. So Yeah. I don't know. Rancid's also they've just they've been around for so long where I think people are just a little tired of them. They're getting rancid. <laughs> Never heard that one before. They're probably like hunting us down right now. <laughs> Fuck you. So um, you don't like rancid? No. I do you like rancid. Yes, I just For the record. Just, I'm going on the record. Rancid is not for me. Rancid is rancid. Yeah, it's rancid to my ears. No, actually, I don't know too much of Rancid's discography. I really like their... What's the name of that album? I think it's called And and Here Come the Wolves. That's probably not right. Close enough. And Out Come the Wolves. That's what it's called. The 1995 album and Out Come the Wolves. They have a song on that album called Maxwell Murder that has the most kick-ass grooviest bass solo I have ever heard in a song. Nice. Incredibly well done. Like, it just kicks my ass every time I hear it. Better than the Seinfeld theme song? I would say it's like <laughs> two Seinfeld theme oh, songs combined. Oh. <laughs> and what's great is Jerry does vocals for the song, <laughs> oh, <yeah>. too. 
Funk music. What's up with that? What's the deal? What's the deal with Rancid? <laughs> I'm going to have to check this out. That's so punk. Yeah, it's so, so punk rock. <laughs> Jerry Seinfeld. If, if there's one thing that comes to mind when I hear the word punk rock, it's Jerry Seinfeld's face. Yeah, just the face. Just actually. the face. Just the, the rest of him, not so much, but that face. That beautiful face. It just screams, fuck the man. <laughs> uh, this song is about band member Lars Fredriksson. He is the, uh, one of the guitarists and vocalists for the band. His brother died in 2001, and this song is kind of an homage to him. Okay. Uh, what did you think of it? Well, now, now that you've said that, I feel a little bad. Oh, no, I should I should have let, <laughs> let you say what you were going to say but, before I dropped that bomb on you. But I feel like this is how I preface everything. I have just the bass... I'm like the average man. You know what I mean? That's why people love me. I'm just the average guy. And people do love you. And they love me. They love it because I'm just the average guy. I'm not an expert in punk. I just know the average and a common denominator cultural knowledge of punk. Okay? And to me, this sounds like it's literally just one degree away from a pop song. Especially, especially the... Yeah, it's it's God. very pop punk, and for a song that is about a, a dead brother, like why would you put so many no 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 in it? Like I, maybe he was known to do that. Maybe and maybe <laughs> I, I'm not a good punksman. No punk like punksman. My my good friend Eric Johnston, whatever punk cred knowledge anything i have is because of him he introduced me to all of this he's like a he knows the punk music scene way better than i nice he's a punk smith he's a punk smith a Master punksman punks. <laughs> he fashioned mohawks multiple times oh, oh he's yeah. got the cred he's a punk he's, he's a punksman he's got the cred and i i don't mean to be misspeaking for you eric but i believe he kind of has a borderline feeling about Rancid. A I know bit of an he, eye roll. It's, it's a bit of hit or miss because yeah. they do have some good music. Yeah. And I don't know if Na Na Na's are very traditional punk. I believe I'm going to go out and say that is definitely in the punk rock or the pop punk realm of yeah, things. Yes. And it yes. just it seems very insulting because all the, the lyrics are basically about like how we're. Even though I'm an atheist, I know I'm gonna see you again, which is a it's a touching sentiment, but it yeah. just gets cheesy by the What's he even mean by that? Come on. Not to get too nitpicky. What the well, hell is he talking yeah. about? Obviously he's not sticking up to his guns of believing in the nothingness of the afterlife. Six, six, six. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> no, I I don't know. I mean part of me was just thinking like sex pistols, the clash, to go way old school. Like Political. Blink 182. Blink 182. Some 41. <laughs> Good mean, Charlotte. Yeah, there you go. I mean, but Sex Pistols, The Clash, like most of these songs are political or at least just overtly subversive. They're just trying to be. But and this is just sounded like it's like too easy. It didn't sound like anything. Yeah, it was just namby. It wasn't even sad. It just sounded like nothing. I thought this was just like juvenilia adolescent remembering someone that they used to know. I had no idea this was about loss of a dead brother. Yeah, well, that's a bit sad. But this, yeah, I hope just... you feel bad. I hope you feel really bad. I do, for the record. <laughs> I feel very bad. Very bad. Terrible. Yeah. 
don't know. Kind of kind of rancid. So other side, I'll see you on the other side. Yeah. Okay, it's growing on me now. <laughs> I, I believe the song starts out with, I was an atheist, you wore a crucifix. Yep. Just like that. He actually is Iron Maiden vocals. <laughs> six, 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 say you on the other side. <laughs> that would be a great version of this. A, a rancid Iron Maiden mashup. That really is just waiting to happen. It's like inherent to the song. It's just Iron Maiden waiting to actualize it. Yeah. I love it. Na 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 Six, six, six. Nickel back. All right, let's swing on to the next track. Swing? Ooh, I see what you did there. That's yeah. nice. That's how you transition that on I, the radio, my friend. That friends. is what I like to call a segue. Dang it. Next track is Swing Life Away by Rise Against off their 2004 album, Siren Song of the Counterculture. Rise Against is a melodic hardcore band from Chicago, Illinois. <laughs> If you're curious, melodic hardcore is a subgenre of hardcore punk with a strong emphasis on melody and is defined by its fast drumming patterns and chiming melodic riffs. And a good example of that is even though this is supposed to be kind of like the slow ballady song, it still gets fast. Like it starts off kind of slow and then it speeds up right when he sings. Right? Rise Against is known for that all of their songs it just has to go like start slow go fast so this is not an atypical rise against song it is in the fact that it's like acoustic -y. okay okay that's what i thought it the few this, other other songs of theirs i had heard sounded a bit different than this. yeah they so even though they're kind of more in the melodic hardcore punk scene they definitely get roped in with kind of like the post-emo movement okay. of the early 2000s. Yeah. Like with Maya Kimmel, Chromance, and they used and Taking Back. Like that whole... They definitely... Like that's how... This song is very nostalgic for me. It makes me think of high school. Uh, I, this is like a one of a, a Jared high school band. There we go. Especially this song. Uh, Rise Against, they started out on... Punk rock, no effects the the yeah. on their record label. Nice. The lead singer, no effects, Fat Mike, has a record label called Fat Rec Chords. Yeah, nice. Uh, and they started out on that label. Uh, they're known for their advocacy, advocacy of progressivism, supporting organizations such as Amnesty International, It Gets Better, PETA. They actively promote animal rights. They're vegetarians. They're all straight edge. They're, they're a very politically charged band most of the time. So the lyrical content of this song is also abnormal for Rise Against. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. Pitchfork gave this album a 2.9 and described the song as a drearily unpoetic acoustic weeper about minimum wage and holding hands. How fucking hardcore is that, man? You gotta give it to Pitchfork sometimes, even if you totally disagree and they're total bullshit. They're sometimes funny. they can turn a phrase. Oh, that's that uh, made me laugh. <laughs> it really did. I can just see the pretentious little white hipster yeah. dude writing that, and he's like, "Yeah, I got him. Yeah, I'm gonna give them a bad <laughs> score, and I'm gonna go listen to Godspeed, yeah. Black Emperor." 
I want to go listen to some Radiohead. <laughs> so, uh, what did you think of Swing Life Away? So, I gotta be honest. Be I, brutally honest. I did not like this song. I did not like this song at all. It sounded, to me, it sounded like it was, and I'm sorry to say this, I know you like this song. It sounded like it was like one degree away from an Ed Sheeran song. <laughs> it felt like the singer was like the nice, sensey dude who would not harm a fly. And he's just gonna play this acoustic guitar and tell you that if love is a labor, I'll slave till the end. And it's a bit cringeworthy for me, but that's... I'm not saying that I like this song. <laughs> Let me say that. Okay. It's kind of like that idea of don't go back to the things you're nostalgic for because yeah. they're going to like it back in <laughs> in the early 2000s this song like totally was like spoke to pretentious wannabe depressed Jared. Damn. Now when I listen to this it gave me a cringe like <laughs> ooh and even worse than the song did you watch the music video for this? I just had to stop. It's so bad. This has to be the most low-budget music video yeah. ever made. You could have made this it's for like five dollars. Like on a cell phone, he's just walking around. Horrible video quality. The guy is walking around. Okay. <laughs> it's bad. So he's driving on a train. He's on a subway. Gets out. Goes to a friend's house. Goes and sits in his friend's room, who's sleeping, starts writing the song and recording it, and calls it Swing. Puts it on a cassette, and then him and his buddy hop in this old truck and drive around town while they listen to the cassette of this recording he made. They then go to a bar. He has the cassette in his hand, and some drunk dude bumps into him, knocks the cassette on the ground. The drunk dude gets mad, stomps on the cassette. The lead singer then looks sad and walks away. Goes home, goes up into his room, and then changes it from swing to swing life away. And then Ew. turns the light off, and that's the end of the music video. Ooh. A lot of thought went into that <sighs> sucker. Lots of deep thought. Like, I, I know they were probably young. God, it's just, it this is the worst. Like, this seems like the kind of song that you would seriously lose your street cred on the punk scene. Like, this came out, and you're done. You cannot go back to the same punk scene hangouts you used to go if such a thing exists. I just imagine that's the culture. You're not allowed back in the club. <laughs> You're done. And at one point the vocals kind of sounded like Nickelback, I gotta be honest. Yeah. Some point near the end. I don't know. It was just... Ugh. And just that... Swing life away? Can you say the pitchfork quote one more time? That's kind of funny. Okay. Just for laughs. He called the song... <laughs> A drearily unpoetic acoustic weeper about minimum wage and hand holding. How fucking hardcore is that, man? <laughs> That's good, man. That is good. Oh, it's it's all right, but I just no. They have I, better I songs. They have way better songs. I this sounded nothing like I I like triple check to make sure this was actually a rise against they have way better songs yeah, was... they have songs that like make you feel like yeah let's go riot let's go fuck something yeah. up like yeah. it's this is they did this I, I like... find with this podcast we keep finding songs that are bad introductions <laughs> to the band like the Tom Waits song yeah that's not a good introduction to Tom Waits 
What's that say? What's that? What's that say about my library? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Or one's approach to music. Is it really fair? Maybe, maybe we're. Maybe people just pick and choose. Are we putting baby in a corner? I think a little bit. We're putting baby uh. in the corner. <laughs> I think people just pick and choose songs, yeah. and we don't want to see the this. This podcast shows a dark underbelly to all the songs that you think you like and you love. In fact, they're just terrible. You just hate it all. Rams bottoms and elbows <laughs> and rancid shit. Just dreary. It just swings your life away, man. That's it. You think you like this? Here, well, here's the fucking Rams bottom of it. Boom. This must be it. <laughs> this must be it. This must be it. Six, six, six. <laughs> Okay. I just stopped saying that. My mom's gonna get worried. Oh, well, she's already afraid because you're turning into a metalman. I'm a metalman. I'm a metalman, mom. I'm a metalman, mom. mom, I'm a metalman. Zerks, zerks, zerks. Don't worry, mom. Well, if there's one thing your mom should be worried about is the fact that you listened to this next song. Yeah, I was gonna say. Which is Job by Swans. Yeah. The first band to make a second appearance on this podcast. That's right. But like I said... This could pretty much be a completely different band unless you knew they were both swans. Yeah. There is nothing in this song that was in the other song. Yeah. My Buried Child. Worlds apart. Worlds So, Job is off of Swans's... Swans's? Swansies. Swansies. Nazi. Swans's 1984 album, Cop. In... For the record, not to put you on the spot, when was their first album, roughly? Their, f I mean, this was their second album. This was their second, okay. So I would have to early. check the right. Swans chart, <laughs> yes. which I will post on the Tumblr for this. But I'm assuming if this came out, I, I believe they started in the late 70s. Okay. So I want to say at least their first EP or first album, which was called Filth, came out probably in 79 or 80 or 81. Yeah. So this is still very early Swans. Yeah. Uh, this is one of their most brutally inaccessible albums that they ever put out. This was in the, the heart of their no-wave period. Yeah. Uh, just a refresher, Swans are an experimental rock band from New York City. Now if you're not familiar with no-wave, no Wave was an underground music and art movement that ran from the late 70s through the mid 80s. It commonly used abrasive atonal sounds, repetitive driving rhythms, and a tendency to emphasize musical texture over melody. No Wave music presented a negative and nihilistic worldview that reflected the desolation of the, last, the late 1970s in downtown New York. Mm. They often talk, you know, we're just coming out of Vietnam, JFK was assassinated, the world's gonna end. And they also just really hated new wave music. Shitty it was world. mostly yeah, a reaction to new wave music. Like they hated the talking heads and anything that yeah. was accessible. And so they go out of their way to be inaccessible, which you can clearly hear from <laughs> listening to this song. Uh, did you look up the lyrics for this song at all? I did. Yeah, I did. Some just oof, the primordial shit of yeah. life right there. Cut off the arms, cut off the head, cut off the legs, get rid of the body, heartache to heartache, job to job, dollar to dollar, body to body, pus, poison, blood, and shit. Heartache to heartache, 
Heartache to heartache. That, that, that's the whole song. Yeah, it's Oof. poison, blood, that's some dark shit. stuff, man. So what? What did you think of Job? So like, I, I can only discuss this song in a sort of temporal sense. Go with me here. So imagine first you listen to Elbow, the intro to okay. the playlist, and then Roiksaki. And then Rancid, and then Rise Again, Swing Life Away. And through that journey of, to be honest, I mean, soft, soft music. And I don't mean that in a mean, pejorative hey, Rancid sense. is hardcore, man. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, fair enough. But I mean, we're all major chords, pretty much, well, I guess, other side was pessimistic lyrics, but it was all just more or less upbeat. And then that brought me to just have a much deeper appreciation of this song and this music that I would have not had in any way whatsoever if I had just flipped it on. So I recommend, listen to this whole, that's how you get into Swans, is you listen, probably throw Coconut Records in there, this Rise Against song, definitely that Roiksop, and then listen to Swans, and you will be so primed to appreciate this dark, just, Again, that primordial shit of life. It was like a distillation of Black Sabbath's like darkest metal, like just distilled into one sustained kind of atonal mess. And I loved it. I actually genuinely appreciated it for the first time in my life, probably. And I actually genuinely liked this song. And do you think you would have genuinely liked it had you not listened to those other songs no, leading up to it? I don't. I honestly God don't. I so, had to go through that experience. So the no wave actually worked on you. Exactly. Exactly. It was like listening to the new wave. You get so sick of it. And it's, I appreciate this. It's like when they sell a Swans album from the no wave era. It should almost come with a <laughs> shitty Top 40s yes. album that says, warning, listen to this first. It really should. It really should. Because really out of the context of being a reaction to poppy accessible music, this would be very hard to distill. Yeah, it's just noise. It just sounds like noise, but I could feel that just much needed heaviness. Like, it didn't feel like it was overcompensating. It felt like it was sufficient. Just heavy, dark. Atonal, fuck you music, and I I loved it. I really loved it. So I'm <laughs> sorry, awesome. mom. I'm sorry. I loved it. Well, <laughs> if you're getting into Swans, they have a giant discography yeah, you can right, delve right, into. Right. <laughs> Some people thought this song was from the perspective of a hitman hmm. who found his job to be like menial and repetitive and boring. Yeah. Just cutting up a body is like I could see that. Some people thought that it was just basically someone talking about working some shitty job and getting fired from it and going to another shitty job. And then some people think that it's just kind of about the hopelessness of life in America. Yeah. The mundane and repetitive and they all sound fair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wait, so what did you think? You like swans. Is was this a swan song that you appreciate? Yeah, I do. It's it's inaccessible. There's been multiple times when I've sat down and tried to listen to Filth and Cop. Yeah. Listening to an entire album, <laughs> it's like running a marathon. <laughs> like you 
you have to work and get through it. Yeah. It can't go in the background, but also the horror of sitting there and facing it and yeah. taking it all in. It's like, I feel the best way to describe it is if you're familiar with Harry Potter and the Dementor <laughs> kisses, it just sucks. Yeah. All of the joy and warmth and happiness out of your body. And you're just left this cold, lifeless husk. And I feel like <laughs> if you're in the right mood for it, it can it. be very empowering. Yeah. But in the wrong circumstance, it's just going to put you in a horrible mood. Yeah. That's a good way to describe yeah. it. That's a good way to describe it. In some contexts, purifying. In others, paralyzed. Yeah. But no, and, and I've talked about this too. Yeah. Music that forces you to listen to it, it like it challenges you. Yeah. I'm very intrigued by that. The more it pushes, the more I want to pull close to it. So that being said, as much as I love this song, I can't let it off the hook completely. Lay it on it. So there is a musician who is infamous, enigmatic, very, very, very sort of controversial for those who have even heard of him. Scott Stapp. No. He's not. He's no of those things. He's a beautiful man and I love him. You'll take that back. I'm sorry. I'll go on the record and say I apologize, Scott Stapp. Please let us use the Human Clay album art for Shuffle. Please, Scott. Four Please. bucks. Thank Four you. fifty we'll give you. Okay. Okay, Jandek. Have you heard of Jandek? I have not. You've never heard of Jandek. So what you said, you like challenging music. You gotta look up Jandek. That's J-A-N-D-E-K. And this is arguably the most press he's ever gotten in his life. He, <laughs> no one, you look up his Wikipedia and it's like paragraphs of like, we just don't know anything about him. He's so mysterious and enigmatic. He's weird. He doesn't talk much. He doesn't do interviews. His music sounds a lot like this song, actually which kind of surprised me. He is purposefully dissonant, completely atonal. It's his guitar. He's just a, just a lanky white dude who looks like Slender Man, like he'd be a killer, he would hurt you. And he, his guitar sounds like a child tuned it. It's and he just speaks the lyrics. And I was just shocked that that kind of oddly parallels this a little bit. How did you find out about this guy? I have a friend who just- Spencer? Different one. Okay. Eric Wozvik. Shout out to Eric Wozvik, who somehow was just exploring probably the deep web and came across this guy. And he's oh not, God. seemingly he's not a troll. He's Jandek. So I recommend him. And I especially recommend listening to Jandek after this. And then maybe you can have a new appreciation for Jandek. Well, I'm definitely, I'm curious. You sparked my interest because that sounds like something I'd want to try to listen He's to. He's unbelievable. He is like in every way possible designed to be inaccessible. Like it, everything sounds wrong. You couldn't even cover Jandek's music because it would sound too good. You could try to be as bad as possible and it would still sound better than his music. It's just terrible. His vocals are terrible. The lyrics are terrible. And the guitar is just My mom came today. What a day to be a day. 
I, so do you think that he is purposefully going against everything that music should be? Or do you think he actually <laughs> thinks he's making good music and it's like this horrible tragedy? Could it be both? Somehow? Could it be both? He, I think he... Do you think he's both being earnest and ironic at the same time? Kind of. Or it, he, I think that he genuinely thinks he's doing something revolutionary. I think he is, but it's just by going against everything. But it is just terrible. He's earnest, but he knows that it's sounding bad. But the idea is maybe someday that will be good. I don't know. <laughs> maybe someday. <laughs> Crossing those fingers. Which I was just gonna say, it just it just swans is like at times like not that far away from that. Of just purposefully inaccessible. Yeah. It just seems more thoughtful maybe. I don't know. Jandek. Jandek. I'll have to look that up. J A N D E K. Check it out, people. <laughs> One last thing about the swan song. I found it very interesting that, and I, I, I tried doing this, you can skip around to any part of the song and it sounds the exact same. <laughs> yeah, I bet. There's no beginning, middle, or end. It's all just there. I bet. Yeah. It's a testament to the music. And also, another interesting thing is it's hard to tell when one song starts and one song stops on this album. Yeah. It all just kind of melts Please. together. It's like, oh, this horrible noise is slightly <laughs> different than the one that was just on. It must be a new song. Man, that is, that is glum. That is gloomy. All right, so what's your favorite of the five? So maybe I'm breaking the rules a little bit, but my favorite... And the logic I'm going with is which one did I genuinely appreciate the most in the experience, the sustained experience of listening to these. And the answer is Swans. Job. Job. It was the most revelatory experience, to be honest. See, I kind of had the same feeling as you, but I went a different route where I said, I think this would probably my, be my favorite song, but of these five, which one would I find myself going back to listen to more frequently? And while I think Job is an awesome song, like I said, unless I'm like primed or in the mood for it. Yeah. So I had to go with Starlings by Elbow. Nice, nice. Even though that is also kind of a particular song, because if that just popped up on the middle of a playlist, it'd feel weird. <laughs> like it feels like that needs to kick something off. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, this was a weird five set of songs. It was a strange... There's no way anyone's ever listened to these five songs in that order. <laughs> Until now. Until now. Everyone's going to be listening to the Shuffle playlist. They're going to sweep the nations. It's crazy. Sensation, <laughs> man. Ramsbottom. Ramsbottom. <laughs> the Ramsbottom sensation. I was going to say, you ever want to plug anything? Hmm. I'm assuming at some point you'll have books and papers out if you want, but or if you want to plug one of your social networks, or if you don't care, we can just yeah. gloss over that. I got. I just realized to... I never gave you the opportunity. I don't know if I have anything to plug. The only thing worth plugging: Caliphone. Listen to okay. Caliphone and Jandek. 
and Jan Becker. <laughs> That's my plug. And of course, Paul McCartney wins. Yeah, and actually, if you'll if you'll bear with me, it's just hitting close to home. Okay, so old Paul McCartney. Okay, here's our new segment: <laughs> Dominic Matthew riffs. Dominic Matthew Paul McCartney corner. So here it is. Welcome, my little wingmans. So, uh, old Paul McCartney, Grandpa Paul, as I like to call him, he was in state, in town, in state college, playing. Did Grandpa you know this? Paul. Grandpa Paul was here. Did you know this? I Were did. You there? I was not there, though. It was. So he needed spread me. on the radio. He needed me, and I feel terrible. I didn't know he was coming. He needed me because I heard from my informant, my wingman, if you oh. will. <laughs> At this show, Paul was playing a lot of different songs from his career, okay? And he would do Beatles songs, and the crowd was going nuts. And apparently, he would segue into a Wings track, and the crowd went dead. Like, in the middle of the Beatles song? <laughs> I wish. Inter interspersed, okay. here's a Wings track. And apparently, just the energy, the vibe, no one could sing along. So I feel like I had to be there. You would have been there belting I every line. I need to be there like in a total like white feathers with wings and just with a megaphone and just screaming along to each song. You what? needed to be <laughs> You needed Stop! to be his wingman. Exactly. I needed to be the wingman for wings. I blew what was a life just once in a lifetime opportunity. So that's the wing corner. You're probably you're probably dead to him now. I know. You could, might say the opportunity has flown the coop. <laughs> that one hurt. <laughs> Wings, baby. Wings. All right. I would like to plug something. My friend John Miller, my good friend John Miller, also has recently started a podcast called The Game Cave, where himself and a few mutual friends of ours get together once a week to discuss video games, because we're huge fucking nerds. <laughs> and I just check it out. I'm going to be on this next week's episode. We're going to be talking about Blizzard games, like World of Warcraft, Diablo, Starcraft, nice. stuff like that. And you can find that on iTunes or SoundCloud at The Game Cave. I believe his Twitter handle is mess this up <laughs> TGC podcast I will post a link in the description for this because I can't remember it I'm sorry John but yes please check it out check it out check out the game cave nice and here are this week's next this here is next week's next episode whatever the next five tracks what you've all been list waiting for I know you didn't care about anything either of us said up until <laughs> just this. give us the tracks just give us the tracks you asshole stop singing the wings song <laughs> give us the Beatles song <clears throat> so the first song is there only is by Vendetta Red second song is NYC gone gone by Connor Oberst Third song, Merciless by Boris. Fourth song, From Point A by Bob Kilgore. And the fifth song is I'm Cool by Real Big Fish. So, thank you for listening. Check us out next week for those next songs, and I hope you guys have a good week. Bye, y'all. See you later.